Welcome to the first episode of Feasting on Design. So if you're new here, I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. I'm a designer and creative director with nearly 20 years of experience, and I used to host a podcast called the Creative South Podcast, which wrapped up at the end of last year. When that podcast was coming to an end, I knew I wanted to keep podcasting and talking to designers, illustrators, and other creatives. But I also wanted to explore my other passion, food and beverage. So occasionally we'll be talking with chefs, brewers, bartenders, distillers, and restaurateurs about what it takes to design your business in the food and beverage industry from the ground up. So you might be wondering if this is the first episode for Feasting on Design. Why is it number 156 on my podcast player? Well, the simplest answer is I wanted to make it easy for the fans of the Creative South podcast to find the show and not have to subscribe to a new podcast feed. And I want people to be able to go back and listen to old episodes of the Creative South podcast. Since we had a ton of really great guests on there. I hope you like Feasting on Design. Let me know what you think of it. And if you like it, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To kick off the first episode of Feasting on Design, I'm bringing my podcast life full circle and talking with Creative South co-founder and head of design at Aflac, Mike Jones. We sit down and chat about what Creative South has in store for 2019, designing for food packaging, and there's a lot of talk about barbecue. So sit back and break some bread with us with this episode of Feasting on Design. joining me tonight hey man thanks for having me i appreciate you um so let, let's dive right in and talk about creative south 2019 what do we got going well let's let's talk about it from the standpoint of someone who's never been there before and sell them on that and then we'll go into the if you're an old hand sure thing sure thing so um yeah that's that's awesome i appreciate it we're we're going into our ninth year uh looking to have some big numbers again and and uh bring a lot of that family back uh, mm-hmm. This year's theme is Breakout. It's based off of all kinds of gaming and a lot of gamed-themed type items. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. i got a great speaker lineup uh, that you can see at our website, uh, creativesouth.com, and uh, some really um, stellar workshops as well. So you know, look forward to having you. If you've never been, come out. It's a great place to meet people you chat with online all the time and a great place to fellowship first and foremost thing and leave inspired to go do uh, bigger and better things. So come on and hang out with us. And, and on top of, you know, having speakers and workshops, there's lots of other events that go on too. Uh, can you tell oh, people yeah. about this? Yeah. I mean, we have several parties. Um, we'll have a bridge party that we throw that is our kind of a kickoff mixer. We'll have some type of after party after the first night. And uh, this year we're doing something a little different <clears throat> on Saturday night. We normally don't do anything. Last year was a fluke because it was my 40th birthday, so that's why we had a big thing. But this year, I wanted to say, you know what? People still like hanging out on Saturday. 
So I thought it'd be a lot of fun to do kind of a, a family style, just cookout, you know, a couple of mm-hmm. big grills, a couple of coolers full of beer, some soft drinks, some waters, you know, grilling out hamburgers and hot dogs, nothing fancy at all. Just tables and chairs set up in a, in a, in a kind of a, a lawn area, maybe some yard games, but nothing crazy. Just kind of sitting back, having a meal with your buddies, uh, just winding down Saturday night together. And there's, like I said, there's nothing to it. It's real low key, but I think that'd be a lot of good conversation and a lot of good fun. Let's go over the, the speaker lineup of, uh, who we've got announced so far and, and sure. give a rundown on each of them. Uh, so we got Jessica Hish, uh, Chris Dew, Rob Zilla, Kat Noon, uh, Karen Sewell, Rocky Rourke, Sarah Stewart and Logan Ferber, Hank Washington, Eric Fredenzone, and we got two more that we're going to announce soon. I don't know who they are yet. Still working on that. And that's our that's our lineup right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying. I, I think it's be awesome. I'm enjoying having these folks and can't wait to see them and gotcha. meet some of them for the first time myself. And then for workshops, we've got um, Eddie and his brother David, Eddie Lobanowski and his brother brother-in-law David um, Kavalev. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is going to do a workshop. Carolyn's going to do a workshop. Dylan Minguez is going to do a workshop. Matt Dawson is doing one, and then we'll have two more. I'm not sure who those are going to be yet either, um, but we're working on that as well. And that that is this year's lineup as it is as of right now. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who's going to be in Ink Wars except um, Jason. Except that we're uh, going to have Craig. an Ink Wars. <laughs> we are going to have it. Jason Craig's working on the lineup and working on some fun stuff. And uh, I tell you about. And there'll be a um, adding to that event. Uh, will be besides the, the the house party, the bridge party, the cookout, mm-hmm. the Ink Wars created by created by Designs on Sunday. And then uh, Jason Craig's actually doing an, an event type workshop also so that'll be a first come first serve thing when we get up on the website it's gonna be this uh, really cool like um painting on these little canvases um mm-hmm. workshop that he does where you paint on them and then you take them all around town and kind of leave the art out for people to take so um we'll get all that information up this week as well it's kind of themed around his crunk fridays pretty much yeah it's that kind of vibe but it's like how do we how do we get that vibe and do it in a quick turn um, here locally. Gotcha. So this year's ninth anniversary. Yep. Next year's 10th anniversary. 10 years what coming are we, up. Are, are we going big? Are we going all out? What's uh, what secrets can you tell people? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a show. Let's say that. That's, that's what I'm going to give them right now. Cause I don't have any of the logistics set in stone. <laughs> I don't want any promises I can't keep, but it's got, I'm going to have, there will be things. <laughs> it's going to be a celebration. Let's just put it that way. Gotcha. For, for people who have never been before, what are some, uh, some tips and pointers that you can offer to them? Get out of your comfort zone, you know, as best you can. Don't be afraid to go up to people and introduce yourself and ask questions. Don't be afraid to invite people you don't know to eat a meal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's not about networking. It's about relationship building. So don't don't just be like, here's my card. Give me a call sometime. No, no, no. You know, bring your buttons. Bring your stickers. Bring your cards. Bring your swag. Trade. Sit down and really get to know someone. I mean, that's my biggest advice for anybody that shows up to this thing. Just like really sit down and get to know each other. Yeah. Well, and, and so, so touching on that, because, you know, a lot of creatives, um, unlike you, um, are, are introverts. Yep. Uh, um, 
so you know talk about that it's because it's kind of it's this very much it's a family kind of community feeling sort of thing sure you know it's a decent sized thing so even if you're an introvert you don't you don't feel like you need to be sequestered off by yourself um and and I've made it very clear to two people that if they see people like that to make a point to go say, Hey, you want to come hang with us? Hey, you want to come eat with us? Hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. What's your story? You know, like, so, you know, there's going to be people like that who are just uncomfortable and there's nothing you really can do about it. And that's just that, you know, but the environment itself should never make you feel that way. At least it's my hope that it doesn't. And -hmm. if you do, you know, um, come find me, you know, I'll talk to you. I'll have a cup of coffee with anybody, like whatever. Let, let me introduce (laughs) you to people and I'll be glad to do that. Um, uh, I, I welcome it. So, you know, you just gotta, um, try something new. And if it's not your cup of tea, you'll know. But, uh, I think the people there are so friendly and it, and it just feels like it's such a family that, um, I've very rarely had anybody go, I didn't know. I didn't meet anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. And I hope that, that that's never the case, you know? Sure. And if you can't find Mike, find Diane Gibbs. She could talk to a wall for three days and it All would be an long. interesting conversation. She's so, she's a, a, such a joy and a light. I've, I, I I told you the story when we were up in Michigan of we're on an hour flight from Mobile to Atlanta to oh, catch yeah. connector, and she somehow made three friends who were all going to the same place that we were. Oh oh yeah, you know what it was like when we got there too, because it was like oh yeah, hey, this is my friend so and so. We just met today, but she's my friend, and and you know what though, she really made friends. That wasn't just like her saying that; like she was authentic as it gets with friend with, with building relationships. And that's, that's what I love about her. And that's why she's so good with volunteers, but she, um, yeah, she's, she, like I said, she's a light and a joy and, and such a cool person to be around who does do her due diligence in introducing you to the people that are around her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. She, awesome lady. Yeah. When, when, when we went up there, you know, from, from getting off the flight to the time that we got luggage, she had met two people and I'm not exaggerating that. She oh, I literally met two people. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So we should um, give her the first annual Creative South <laughs> Friendship Award. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Make so, her trophy. Um, but by the same account, though, you know, if 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 you go out and you know you see people who are going out to things and you don't have any go anyone to go out with, invite yourself along. Like, just go up oh, to yeah. them and say, "Hey, do you mind if I join you?" Yep. D- Chances are you're not going to get shot down. No. Hey, you got so, room for one more? Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's a very welcoming environment. So I love that. That's where I, that's where I make some of the coolest people. How has a running Creative South changed from, you know, day one to nine years later? Oh, man. A lot. People come and go. You know, you, you get a bunch of good helpers. You lose a bunch of good helpers. Um Lives change, people move, that sort of thing. But I tell you, the biggest thing is it's gone from a small event to a larger event. And mm-hmm. we've had to figure out all um, what works and what doesn't. And when we figure out if it works and we streamline it, that allows me a little more freedom to do some things that I love and delegate more the things that are better suited for other people who have who can do it better than I can. So it, that's the biggest change is, you know, a lot of more delegation, um, bigger mm-hmm. crowd. Um, 
more planning, more days, uh, more logistics, just bigger and, and better. And, and, um, <laughs> that, I think that's really it. You know, those are the, mm-hmm. those are the big changes that I could think of. What, what, from the get go, what's the one thing you've tried to hold on to with how, how you run the conference? For me, it's, it's, it has to come back to fellowship mm-hmm. as being the key relationships is the key, right? Uh, after that, it's it all kind of falls in place. But if I can make sure that I'm making a uh, an environment where people can get to know people they don't know or get to know people they admire or chat with someone they've only known online, I think that's the, the goal at the end of the day. As Creative South grows, what's kind of the biggest struggle that you have? Wow. Um, Coming with the hard hitters. I know. It's fine. I'm trying to think. Like I think it's always a struggle for any – any organizer to be mindful of the people they're picking to speak on the stage. I think that's like our biggest, Hey, we need to be mindful of this. And you know, people are going to hate it. People are going to love it. People are going to say what they want to say. You know what? Mm. Walk a mile in my shoes and try to figure it out and and run your own thing. It's, it's harder than you think it is. But I think that's always the struggle is to make sure that we're balanced. We're doing a good balance of content Mm. and, and people and that's probably the biggest I, you know always it's it's will we for me there's that headache of are we going to sell is, is this going to work and I, I think I just worry about it more than I should sometimes but I think it's just the nature of the game for me every year but those are the sure. my, my biggest hurdles is just speaker lineup when it when it comes to picking speakers what are some of the things that you look for in them in a good speaker what what makes a good speaker to you I mean I think I think it's at the end of the day, it should be, you know, how entertaining are they on stage? Is their message good? Um, is their work good? Um, those are probably the three main things that I, I look at. When, when, you know, when you're, when you're planning the theme of the conference, how do you decide on that? What, what, like this year, <laughs> that, you know, that's we're funny. doing kind of based around video games and stuff like sure. that. Um, but there's also the underlying theme, like you said, of breaking out and getting out of your shell and getting out of your comfort zone. How do you decide on that? So it's been funny because it's like every year that we've actually themed or had something that was themable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been like, how can I take that, keep it that small town feel and make it mm-hmm. into something, right? So, you know, like how do we have grandma's house and the filling station and the circus and the all these things that still kind of have the small town vibe. So I'm think so think this year, like small town arcade. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that, you know, me and me and my son, Jake, who who comes out on stage with me every year, uh, we're sitting around and he's just like, you know what, dad, what if you called it breakout? I'm like, that's the, that's it, man. So this year's theme was brought to you by Jake. He was the one that came <laughs> up with it and, uh, it just works real well. And, and, uh, he's gonna be excited to get out there on stage dressed up and, and help me introduce this year. He just doesn't, doesn't know that he's gonna be dressing up, but, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, is he within earshot at the moment? Yep. He just gave me this like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" No, no, but, um, yeah, exactly. You know, but Yahan for people who don't know, Jake, Jake is a teenager too, so there's yeah. that extra. He's a senior <laughs> in high school, and he's kind of he, uh, but he enjoys getting out there with me. So I think we're gonna have some fun with it, a little more fun this year than normal because we'll be doing some some interesting things on stage. But that's kind of how it always comes up. How can I take a theme that's small town and and still has that small town vibe, but but is can be um, 
thought about it a little differently. And I know that next year, one of the things I'm looking into uh, pretty heavily is uh, family reunion because it's year 10. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading on my, in my mind with that. So trying to bring back the greatest hits and bring back as many people as possible sort of thing. Something like that. Something like that. Cool. Just think, think, think what it's like to go to a family reunion, you know, pull some mm-hmm. of those elements in that kind of thing. So that's the thought. That's the thought. I got I a cool idea a, for the stage too. <laughs> I live in Alabama. So that means you need a trailer, uh, Camaro cooking some meth, purple t-shirts mm. with somebody's face on it that says RIP junior. Um, cause they're always junior. <laughs> wow. That's you just stereotype. So I live in the state I'm allowed to <laughs> on mine. I'm thinking like giant cauldron of Brundrick stew. Um, ah. you know, just, yeah. you know what it's like. I mean, you go to a family reunion, it's, there's, there's games, there's fellowship, there's food, there's talking, there's, they're sketching up, there's meeting people. You don't even know who they are. Um, I just think it'd, it'd be a fun, uh, how can we take a fun twist on it for us? And the stage mm-hmm. idea I have in my head would be freaking cool, but we'll, we'll save that for next year. <laughs> oh, man. My vote is still for a trailer. I, you know. Okay. I mean, you never know. You never know. I might, I might go that, that route. <laughs> Probably not, but we'll see. I'm sure you can find a nice one cheap over in Phoenix City. You know it. <laughs> Just or, left or, on the side of know, the road. <laughs> or or Harris County. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, kind of moving on from Creative South, let's talk about, because last time I had, last time I talked to you, um, you know, it was a different show and you had a different role at the time, um, professionally you were, you were working for yourself, yep. um, at serve studios, which I mean, you still have running, but you, you've taken on a new role. Tell people about that and how that came about. Sure. I mean, I'm head of design at Aflac and just, uh, helping, uh, <laughs> you, you that say that grow. so nonchalantly. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> I don't, I get to make some cool stuff for Affleck and uh, I help uh, uh, manage a team that is um, growing real well. And we're our, our internal studio is getting bigger and bigger every year. And I'm going on my second year now and uh, we've had a lot of ch- internal changes with marketing and this and that, but it's been such a good time uh, bringing these new people in and uh, kind of amazing um, vice president of brand, Shannon Watkins, uh, who was just on point and just uh, a spitfire and moving us and shaking us in different ways. And um, her along with my, my boss, Amy is just doing some cool things with, with the, this year's um, cause it just released back in, I mean, it just released this month, actually the new commercials and new kind of uh, messaging we're going with to let people know mm-hmm. what Aflac um, we're basically telling you what Aflac isn't to come back and tell you what we are. Cause I'm and people all, all everybody knows the duck. Sure. You know, but, but if you ask 10 people like, well, you know, you know who, who what's Aflac and they go, Oh, the duck. Well, what is it? What is it? Um, is it car insurance? Is it boat insurance? Is it home insurance? Is it duck insurance? I'm not kidding about that last one. Seriously. People have asked and you know, we're none of those things. Where would someone and get duck insurance? Just, uh, bro, I don't even know how to answer that. 
but I'm sure. It, but it's Lloyd's if of you London? see the new commercials, it's yeah. nice to see what we're doing with them and, and the impact that that's having. And, and um, it's fun to just design around a cool brand that that you know has huge recognition. And the team that I uh, help out with and that I'm in charge of is um, on the graphic side is we're the brand police almost, you know, like we get this, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that the, the, the Aflac duck and the Aflac brand are being used the right way. And we get mm-hmm. to design around those things. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun, um, uh, doing what I do. So. Gotcha. And how much of a change was that for you moving from being self-employed to working for a corporation? Oh uh, yeah. Corporate America. Good times. It's different. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, you you have your own stresses and your own worries and your sure. own stuff when you're working for yourself. And those are those are still stresses and worries, but they're yours. Now you mm-hmm. have somebody else's who kind of trickles down and they become yours by inheritance. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't uh, bother me because mm-hmm. Aflac is such a service-oriented company. Mm-hmm. And my company is called Serve, and it's all about serving with my talent. So I'm just serving in a different capacity with a much bigger reach than I would have ever, ever had uh, on my own. So it's it's nice to be able to serve in that capacity and see these great things that they do for you know kids with cancer and sick children and and helping people get paid quickly to to you know help out when when there's no money there's money you know to help them with their bills mm-hmm. and stuff. So they're they're about people. And mm-hmm. because I'm about people and about serving other people, it was just a good fit. And so I really enjoy being able to see that unfold at a corporate level. It's different. Like, you know, you have like any other corporation, you have the rules you have to follow and the rules that sometimes don't make sense, but they're there for a reason, <laughs> you know. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't trade the team I have. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, the work we get to do is very impactful to other people. So it's it's been a real joy to uh, do what I do over the last couple of years. Gotcha. When, <clears throat> excuse me, when you made the switch over, you know, you went from having to wear all of the hats to a much narrower focus. Um, did you find that was something that you enjoyed right away or did was that something you had to grow into? So li- literally I got to wear hats and have all the hats. <laughs> now, I don't wear the hats. <laughs> They're <laughs> on my desk. They're sitting on my desk. But, um, uh-huh. I, you know, it was definitely a learning curve. And I, I'm still learning every day. And um, I've had two great mentors at this company already. Um, mm-hmm. Amanda Free was such an awesome mentor when I came on. And then we we did a, a shuffle. And she she's managing other people now. And then I've got a new boss, Amy, who's a fantastic uh, manager and, and um just an awesome um, creative strategist and learning from both of them has helped me just grow. So it's, it's, you know, it's definitely been a learning curve, but it's one that I've, mm-hmm. I've embraced and I'm glad I'm getting to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. On, on top of that, you've, you've also got to manage people now. Um, what's, what's, how's that learning curve been? It's, it's, fine now i mean now it's split between me and <laughs> it's, i like well, how you put that now <laughs> well i mean it's different like i said it's different yeah. now like because we split it you know like 
Um, sure. I don't have to manage that aspect anymore. I just get to manage like, are they on point with their design work? Is it, is it fresh? Is it trending? Um, mm-hmm. Are they learning new stuff? Are they building their arsenals? I kind of worry about that more than I do the rest of it. So um, it's been nice to, to be able to do more of that leadership mm-hmm. role and do more pixel pushing than, uh, you know, the, the paperwork push and grind that, that it was. I don't know if that sure. makes any sense. No, I, yeah, I completely understand that. I believe me, I work in the corporate world as well. So the days that I actually get to do more design work are the days that I feel more productive, even though, you know, I may not be nearly as busy as the days where I'm having to do media buys and, and fill out yeah. uh, expense reports and things like that. So you really are a one-man show because we have people for all of that, which is nice. And that frees us up to do what we're, we're better at. And what mm-hmm. I love about doing what I'm doing now is is collaborating with these awesome mm-hmm. people. I mean, there's so much talent on this team that will blow your mind. But it's, it's fun to, like, you'll get a project in and we'll just be like, you know what? I'm not even on this project, but can we sit down and just chat and, like, talk about – here's some idea here's some let's ideate together you know let's let's collab mm-hmm. and figure something better out and every time i've ever done that with anybody on that team the end product is so much better so um i look for i look for more ways to do more of that this coming year how are you how are you finding time to do that still do stuff with serve and spend time with your family so peter del tondo helped me sit down uh, about a week ago oh, maybe more than that a couple weeks back and we kind of drew out a new calendar for my life, <laughs> if you will, and, yeah. uh, and and basically said, okay, you know what, um, what what do I what are the important things to me, and what do I need to say no to, and how can I really make this work? And because I didn't want to serve to, I still wanted to serve to function. I had obligations to Aflac on a day to day because that's my in you know regular job, and then sure I had to be able to still find time to plan, create a South, and execute it. But then I also have a family that I need to be a part of. So, um, and that I want to spend time with. So there's there's sure. this balance, and that's of the most important part. All day, all day. So you know, I basically just broke it out into segments, and those are the segments that I do. I try my best to follow and get those done. And there's nights like tonight where, you know, it's this is what we, this is the only time I had available, you know, mm-hmm. because Sunday just didn't work out and my family knows and they're all being chill and quiet right now so I can get this done. So it's just, it's just a, a give and take, but you, you, um, you have to plan it on a calendar and honestly, you have to have an awesome team around you. So like I've surrounded myself with people who are better at me than a lot of things that can get it done better and quicker. And then I don't have to worry about, oh, did they get it done? No, they they got it done because they're grown up and they said they would and they, they can handle their biz. So I couldn't do a lot of that without those people. And I'm, I'll be forever grateful for those folks and they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think to me that's the best way to, to balance it. And then you just got to be willing to say no. Like so with Serve, I'm not – there's I think I have like three three projects in the pipes and that's mm-hmm. all I'm taking on for the next couple months because I'm really trying to like revamp the site and work on it when I have a minute here and there, but there's, I get to kind of pick and choose now, you know, like, Oh, that project's sure. a great fit. It makes sense for me to take it, it, you know, with the budget they're offering, or is that going to be a giant headache because the budget's really small, but the client's really picky and, 
do I really need that extra headache right now with everything else I got going on? And, and I can say, you know, no, I don't. And I'll be able to walk away from it and still be cool knowing mm-hmm. that either I pass that project to an, a buddy who needs it or I didn't take it because I didn't want to hurt the, what the client was trying to do and I didn't want the headache. So, um, sure. you know, it's, it's just a balance. Finding that balance is kind of tricky, but, you you know, you can do it. With Serve, you've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different varied clients and in varied industries and things like that. What are, what are some of the most rewarding types of projects you've been able to work on? Oh man. Rebranding my church was awesome. That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Um, then I rebranded a church in our city that is 189 years old. Oh, and wow. yeah. So you got to imagine the congregation is just as old. And to and I don't mean that ugly, but I mean think if you got think about it. No, right? I know what you mean by that. But when you, I know what when you, you say, that. and I mean that in all respect. But my my thought process when I was coming into that project was, this is going to be a hard sell to bring them current. And mm-hmm. I had uh, there was a, uh, an elderly gentleman in in the the meeting with us, and I had just done the reveal to this like planning committee who ranged from mm-hmm. like millennials to, to, I think, I think he was like 89 years old. And I was like, in my mind, that's the guy that's going to give, that's going to give the pushback. that's going to halt this from moving forward because it's, it's not something he's used to. And man, wouldn't you know it, that was, he raised his hand when I was done. He's like, he very quietly was just like, I love it. And then the whole room was just like, yeah, you know, like they were all about it because, you know, one of the elders was like, I'm in. And and he he was on board with it. That was that was tricky, but it was such a fun project to research and do because there was all this history behind it and uh, came out very cool. And I'm excited about that, Mark. And then, um, you know, I just like the mom and pop stuff. I love the big stuff. I've gotten Mm -hmm. to work on some big things, but and for some big people, but. The personality behind your smaller, uh, smaller companies or your small mom and pop shops, um, there's a lot of personality there, and sure. a lot less rules, a lot of freedom to kind of do something fun for them. And I've enjoyed those projects a lot. I did this cool salad dressing logo a while back for this company out of Athens and mm-hmm. uh, Athens, Georgia, and I got to illustrate the whole thing, and I got to you know, set the whole piece for the type. And I also got to design the lettering and I built all that. And we, we got to shoot photography on it. And, but we did it however we wanted. And the client was just like giving us feedback along the way. And it was a, a lot of fun to work on. And, and then there's projects that I, that nobody's ever seen that I'm working on just for fun because I think they're, they just need it. You know, like I'm doing sure. a rebrand right now of the, of this company uh, because I just love their product. And I think mm-hmm. it'd be fun to rebrand and just do a case study on it. And, you know, so when I release it, people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And hopefully mm-hmm. that'll come out soon. And if, you know, but I'm not doing it. There's no timeline. There's no rules. I'm just doing it because I want to for practice and for just an outlet to have something that's completely zany and fun. And uh, mm-hmm. those are a lot of fun projects, too, just to do, to do them, to do them. Gotcha. When when you're working on projects like the salad dressing stuff, how do you approach that? How do you get in that mindset? Oh, well, so I do right, like say salad dressing. We'll just use that as an example. I do a couple of things. First, uh, you know, I have my kickoff meeting. We get all the particulars squared away, the budget, the you know, all the paperwork signed and up. So once I get started, I actually I want to go do homework. I want to do my research. So I was like, what kind of dressing is it? Do you have some made you can ship us that we can try it? So we get some in, we open it, we try it on things. Okay, mm-hmm. well, what does it taste like? 
what region, you know, like give us the history behind it. Why is this, you know, so good? Uh, what what market are you trying to get in? We get all these questions up front. And then what I what I like to do is I like to go and I love sketching. I think ideation through sketch is, is so important. So I always have my sketchbook with me, but I'll go mm-hmm. to like a uh, fresh market, a Whole Foods, a Publix, a Winn-Dixie, a Kroger. Uh, you know, I hit all these, a Piggly Wiggly, you know, and I'll hit all these little these grocery stores from big to little, and I will go to that section where this product will reside, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't reside, like say their targets, Whole Foods. I'll still go to a Piggly Wiggly and go, okay, well, what kind of salad dressings in that range are they are they selling? What are those? And I take pictures and I do some initial sketching and I I, I check out like several different bottle shapes and then I you know ask them, well, what mm-hmm. kind of bottle shape are y'all looking for? Because that depends on what kind of label I can build and. And, uh, there, you know, you get all that information and you just do your homework, go do your research, buy a few of them, you know, see what, see what the, you know, buy a few of those bottles, strip the labels off and then use them to put your mm-hmm. labels on as a test, you know, to see, does it look right? Is it even going to match up if it, and then what I like to do is I'll take, I'll make a mock-up, right. Of several different mm-hmm. ones. And I'll take a case with me into these stores and I will, I will literally take, bottles off of the shelves and I'll put my product, my fake product <laughs> next to it and I'll snap a picture and send it to the client. It's like, does this feel like it should be next to like, is this going to work for y'all? You know, is it going to feel like it's part of this market? Like you're going to get a segment of this market and, and just do it like that. And it's a lot of fun to see what can come, what works and what doesn't. And then to see what the client's feedback is like, Oh my God, did you really take that into a whole foods? And I'm like, yeah, totally did that. That's how, how else am I going to know? <laughs> you know? So there's just, you got to be willing to do some of that. And, um, you're, you know, you're obviously, a braver man than I, well, no, I, mean, I would no. have just taken a picture of the shelf and then photo. Nah, no, nah, why, why, <laughs> when you had just go walk into the store and be like, Hey, I need to see the manager. I and mean, if you don't, if you, if you don't feel comfortable just doing it, just walk over there and, and be like, Hey, I'm building this brand. Da, da, I'd love to be able to test it out on your shelf. Do you mind if I just take a few minutes to take one bottle? I've done that in a liquor store before you walk in the liquor store, you're building a brand for, you know, a rum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Hey, this is going to sit near these bottles. Do you mind if I take, I've got a sample bottle here that we had made. Can I put it on next to these and see if it fits with within the segment of, of what it's going to be selling against? And then show the client mm-hmm. that and say, hey, you know what? We need to tweak it. It, it feels too cartoony. It feels too you know, regal. It feels too X, Y, and Z. And, and that's kind of how I've approached uh, packaging uh, for different items that I've done in the past. Gotcha. When, when, when you're working with food stuff, you know, there's a lot of technical information that has to be on that packaging as well. How oh, do yeah. you, how do you balance having a good design and still working all of the, you know, FDA requirements in there that, you know, the ingredients and the nutrition information and the UPC and all that stuff. So the only two you really have to worry about as far as, um, well, I'll tell you back for salad dressings, teas, things like that, the ones I only had to worry about were like the UPC and the nutri- and like the the nutritional box, you know, if it had to, mm-hmm. if it had a breakdown. And you just basically build the, those sections into your design so you know, you, hey, these things are going to go here. I don't don't, you know, leave them blank, blank white squares or whatever. But for mm-hmm. stuff like ingredients list or especially for like a liquor they have mm-hmm. very strict, like the font can only be this point size. So right. no matter yeah. what you do, you have to follow that to a T or they won't pass. The label won't pass uh, inspection to get approved to be put on the bottle. And you got to yeah. you got to go back to the drawing board on those until those all those requirements are met. But for like 
other other things like for the salad dressing label that I did, um, I set the type however I wanted for the ingredients because it didn't matter because mm-hmm. they didn't have to have like a because it wasn't the official logo lo, uh, label yet. It could be just a quick list of like all the simple ingredients that were listed until sure. you know the FDA came back and said, hey, you need to add X, Y, and Z or this needs to be broken down even further into its parts, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it, it's just get all your information up front, you know, what needs to be on here and then build around that and make sure that the design has exactly legible where it needs to be. And then build, like you said, build your design around that information. You know, on, on top of designing labels for that and for the salad dressings and, and the, the rum and things like that, you've also, you are a self-professed lover of barbecue um, all day. And and you've had the opportunity to work with some, um, some barbecue places. How a how did you muscle your way into those? <laughs> um, and, and, <laughs> and and B, what's that? What's that experience like for you? Because most of those are mom and pop kind of places. Oh, they're always they they better be if you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, that's my opinion. So, you know, people will disagree with that, but mm. it's, uh, I mean, I think I used, I used the powerful, most powerful muscle, you know, the taste muscle and, uh, just get there and, and, and make myself at home. <laughs> you know, I, I, for me, it's about, uh, being part of their world. Right. So if you want to do something for a restaurant that you love, like, uh, you know, Tommy's or, uh, I don't know, the catering kitchen up in coming Georgia or something like that, like f- find, mm. you know, you're going to go there. You're going to be a patron. You're going to have to love their food. So go in and, and do just that. Eat there and go find the person who is making that barbecue and say, hey, I love what you're doing. And I would love to. I, I noticed you're y'all y'all been doing this for, you know, 100 years or whatever, it, whatever it is, you know, two years. But mm-hmm. you're lacking in this. And I'd love to to chat about doing some fun stuff for y'all sometime. Just think about it. And nine times out of ten, you know, every time they see you from then on out, every time you're in there. Yeah, I've been thinking about what you said. Uh, you know what? Hey, we, we talked about it. we'd love to do a T-shirt. Oh, we'd love to do a label. Oh, you know, we'd love, we got this new menu comes around. And then you'll do one for one of them. And then mm-hmm. with any restaurant, it's, it's you know, word of mouth. Or the owners open up a second type of restaurant. They say, hey, you know what? You did my last one. Come on and help, help out. Uh, for me, I want to do barbecue stuff that's for f- the food that I love to eat. You know, sure. if the barbecue is good and I can get on board with doing something cool for them, why not, you know? And, and, and those projects, maybe you don't do all those for pay. Maybe you're doing it just because you love what they're doing and you're about the vibe they're giving off. Or mm-hmm. you've worked out a deal with somebody where you've got, you know what, just make sure I don't have to pay when I come in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with bartering to where you don't have to have, um, you know, you don't have to pay when you come to their restaurant. You just say, hey, I'll hook up this brand and – when I come in here or I'm here with buddies, just take care of us. Let us eat. Let's enjoy you, what you guys offer. And uh, you'd be surprised how many times they'll say yes to something like that. That bartering for free meals has got to be a lifesaver for you. Bro. Five kids. You know, that's right. I'm telling you, bartering in general for anything is a great system of payment. Sure. Since we're talking about barbecue, yeah. um, what, what, what's, your, what's your favorite barbecue as of late? Wow. Doesn't have to be a restaurant, just style. Let's start with style. What's your so favorite style? style wise, I, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but uh, because I'm, I'm a Georgia boy through and through, 
but Texas Texas style barbecue in and I know there's some people that are going to listen to this. We go, I told you. Yep, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. Texas style barbecue is to me the, is the best. Um, and as far as places, I've had some amazing barbecue um, all over the country, but uh, locally, I would say Tommy's, uh, Clearview, Crossroads barbecue are all fantastic um, here in this in the town that I live in. In, in mm-hmm. Columbus and the surrounding area. But then if you get to Atlanta, uh, there's uh, Fox Brothers, Doss Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy just opened up one called the Catering Kitchen up in Cumming, Georgia, that is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, when I go to a place, my, my thing is like, one, do they have brisket? And if they do, and do they even know what I'm talking about when I say I want fatty cut? Sure. You know, and, and if they don't, or they don't have like burnt ends, then they're probably not cooking it right. So, you know, I want to try the brisket. I want to try the ribs. I want to try the sauce and I want to try the stew. And mm-hmm. and then last would be the pulled pork. If I can have all those and they're fantastic, then you've got my, for me, that's just me. It's not, doesn't, it's not a hill of beans difference. It doesn't matter to most people. That's just my opinion, but that gets my seal of, this is a legit joint to eat at. Right. And this hole in the wall vibe, it's what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. I want to walk in there and feel like, man, you've been cooking on that pit for 50 years and it smells good and it looks good. And you get those sauces and it's spot on. And that meat, that brisket melts in your mouth and you've sold me. Um, I used to be a huge, huge pork fan and I still mm-hmm. am, but it's going to be brisket and ribs, then then pulled pork and then probably chicken at the end. And it's sausage gotcha. anytime, but... Uh, and then I definitely, I said, I want to check sauce and stew if you have it. Uh, if you don't have it, then you should get it. <laughs> yeah, but stew's a very Georgia thing. That's you that's know, the only the reason. Stews. That's the only reason it's on my list is because it is. So if you don't have stew, I'm looking at like, you know, as far as vegetables, you know, you should have a decent mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And you, your if your beans have brisket, mm-hmm. if burnt ends in them, then you're doing it right. You're 100 mm-hmm. percent doing it right. So, um, and, and like I said, I have buddies that, that do this all over and uh, those folks are doing it right too. So now I want a sandwich. Thanks, Jason. You're yeah. welcome. So, so what Ugh. is your feeling about Alabama style barbecue? I, I don't mind it at all, man. You got to be willing to try everything. So if you can do Alabama white sauce on some fantastic smoked chicken, then you're doing mm-hmm. that right. Then it's good. I'm all about it. But that's, that's the difference. That's all I know about it, right? That's how yeah. I'd order it. Um, everything yeah. else seems pretty similar to me. Yeah. And there all that is, is for it. people who are listening is Alabama white sauce is a mayonnaise-based barbecue sauce. It's mayonnaise and vinegar and spices, and it's fantastic if it's made yep. right and you eat it on chicken. Yeah. You can – if, if the, the home of it is a place called Big Bob Gibson's. It's yes. up in Decatur, Alabama. Yeah. Um, I – have yet to eat there. My, my work has an office indicator and I learned the hard way that big Bob Gibson's is closed on Mondays because oh, <laughs> I was up there on a Monday and I wanted to go there and they were closed. Well, you <laughs> know what? Very, that sounds like a road trip to me. That's uh, a heck of a, road uh, trip. a weekend road trip. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> have you been to Decatur, Alabama? <laughs> no, I have no idea where it's located, actually. But I do know this. It's in, I've, it's I in North Alabama, and there's nothing there. 
a lot of paper mills. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, there's that that's that's one of my bucket list places to try. Um there's this place that is on I-65 halfway between here and yep. um Montgomery in the gas station. In the gas station, yeah. Man, I, I was not. I'm gonna be very honest. I was not impressed with that place at all. Do you know? I Sorry. ate there. I, I had stopped and I, I went in and I was uh-huh. like, "Hey, what do you got?" And it was just, eh, for oh, me. For everything's me. everything sucked except for the chicken. Yes. Like okay, okay. So so my wife got the chicken, and it was like I got the I got the pulled pork. And just some sides, and it was the yeah, stuff that I it got. Was it like, wasn't eh, good. You know, it was just, eh. <laughs> the sides were actually pretty terrible, but yeah. the chicken that they had was incredible. Okay, like, next it was time the I best. That, I'll it was the best the smoked chicken I've ever had. Okay, deal. The rest of the <laughs> yeah. barbecue was blah. Me. Yeah, yeah. Nothing just go and get about. the chicken. Okay. Don't get anything no, else. I didn't just know that. get the That's chicken. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, if if you're gonna go to another good place. Let's see. You're in Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Birmingham, Saws Barbecue, S A W S Saws Barbecue mm-hmm. is fantastic. I've heard oh of them. Oh my god, up in there is so good. Um, that's where I try to go every time I go visit a buddy of mine in, in uh, Birmingham. Yeah, there's a place here called Meat Boss. Oh, nice. Um, that's incredible, and they they've actually got a pretty decent logo. They worked with a local company around here that did a pretty decent one. Um, nice, but their place, their, their shops are in like the worst locations. I don't mean like they're in a bad part of town. They're just in a, you would miss it if you blinked and you're never going to go out that sort of direction place. And oh, they're opening, yeah. they're opening a new shop. So you have to like intentionally be going there to get stuff. That makes sense. So I'll it's, tell you, it's one of those that's hard to go ahead. No, I was just saying, I know if you get a chance to go, to texas mm-hmm. uh the two that i've had that are fantastic out there is cadillac barbecue mm-hmm. and um franklin's. franklin's yeah has man allowed dude meat butter so good yeah franklin's Ooh. is on my list of places i want to go do it and then up in i don't remember if it's in charleston or if it's in columbia but rodney strong's place I don't know um, if I know that one. I think it's just called Rodney's Place. I have to go He's, to Columbia soon for a shoot for Aflac. Yeah. Our, one of our, our our group offices in Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see about that. Yeah. You know, hit up old Adam Argo and have him meet me out there. Yeah, definitely. He's he's like, you know, got nominated for like James Beard Awards and stuff for his barbecue. Oh, legit. That's legit. Cool, yeah. man. And he's just, yeah, he I mean, he's just now opened like in the city a couple places I, I was watching it on tv but he used to be out in the middle of nowhere boondocks like an old broken down gas station kind of looking place and just you know did it all there and people would drive 20 30 miles out of their way to go get it man that's that's when you know the food's exactly yeah. how it should be 
So well, and it's it's that Carolina whole hog barbecue too. So uh, whole hog, man. Don't get man. We got to change the subject, bro. I'm starving yeah. now. Goodness. <laughs> well, <laughs> not changing the subject, but we're kind of getting close to the end of our time. Um, I want to hit you with a few last minute wrap up questions. Sure. Um, first, what's what is your earliest food memory? My earliest food memory. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like pushing it back to kid to being a kid. Yeah. My earliest food memory. I'm trying to think, man. My brain's mush right now. So it, I it mean, could be I, something you I, ate. It could be just something you did. Like for me, mine is making Danish Christmas cookies with my grandmother. You know, okay. That, that's my earliest food memory. So that's a good starting place. Like pretty much all of my food as a young kid. Mm-hmm. revolved around my grandmother also. So mm-hmm. two things I can remember like very distinctly is um I don't know how old I was. I had to be about eight, seven or eight, around Carson's mm-hmm. age. And my grandmother taught me how to make tuna salad, right? Like like tuna fish for your sandwiches. Sure. And it was it was just like here's what you do. You know, she she opened the can, we drain it, put it in the thing, you know, and for us, tuna salad is real simple. It's if you take the tuna out after you drain it, you put a little uh, Worcestershire sauce on it, mm-hmm. Worcester, however you say it, Worcestershire, how I say it, and <laughs> Liam, little Liam parents, you know, uh-huh. and then yeah. a little salt and pepper, and then a little lemon juice, and uh-huh. then she took sweet salad cubes, a couple of uh, forkfuls of that, put in there, mm-hmm. and then just mayonnaise, you know, a big mm-hmm. scoop of mayonnaise, and mix it all together. And I will never, that's how I make tuna to this day exactly like that. And I've taught my kids how to make it that way and my wife how to make it that way. And, um, and then we, that just got passed down. I'll never forget her teaching me how to make that. It was the simplest thing ever. Um, that was one. The other one would probably be my granddad. Uh, when we were growing up, uh, we would get dropped off at their house when we were little. Mm-hmm. And then they would take us to school and my parents would go to work, right? Because mm-hmm. we were little. So you th- sure. think like se- second, third grade, first, second, third grade. My granddad would always make waffles from scratch for us every morning we came over there. Oh, and wow. and they were like those oh I mean, I have never had a better waffle since then. And I never will, I'm sure. But he it was the big round ones. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the Waffle House style waffle. Yeah. Um, but he would make those for our breakfast, man. And and um it was either that or he would take us to Hardy's and get a sausage biscuit <laughs> and we would collect the little raisinette figurines, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And, the California um, grapevine. The California yeah. raisins. And then I remember yeah. my grandmother, when I was a kid, my grandmother would, um, uh, she would cook this pot roast and mashed potatoes and the the flat green beans and these uh, brown and served rolls with honey in the oven and <laughs> sliced tomato and, you know, that, that was, and squash casserole and stuff. And that was our Sunday supper and at her house. And I'll never, like, I learned how to make all those things by just like sitting with her, watching her on this little, it was like this little green stool like high chair thing they had for me in the kitchen just so I could sit there and watch her cook. Sure. So what is your, what is, what is your comfort food? What's the, what's the, what's your go-to that makes you happy? Barbecue always makes me happy, (laughs) but I mean, I'm a big fan of a fish fry. Uh I love like catfish fry, you know, doing it like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, any any kind of southern meat and three, sure, yeah, sure. 
So th- this one cannot be the same thing, but what is your death row meal? Oh man. Who asked that question? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be on death row for nothing. Uh, so like my last meal, if I could ever yes, have your one, last like, meal. Yeah. Like this is all you're ever going to get to eat the rest of your life. Yep. Oh man. Good night. What could that be? There's so many things I would choose. <laughs> I, I would be you know, honestly got to pick one. You know, yeah, yeah, dude. Yep. It would be like the best seafood buffet I could have. <laughs> like an all you eat, all you could eat seafood buffet would probably be like how how many crab legs can I pack in my face and oysters and sure. that sort of thing. I love that kind of food too. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, Mike, that's hilarious. <laughs> Real quick, where can people find you online? Uh, sure. Anywhere at, at bucket eight, two, six on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I think it's Mike Jones, eight, two, six on Facebook and dribble as at bucket eight, two, six or, or bucket eight, two, six. Most of them are all that. And creative yeah. South is uh, at creative South GA pretty much on everything. Yep. And the website is just creative South.com. Yep. That's cool. it. Well, thank you, also you can so find, much. Oh, you also can, Go sorry. Ahead. You also can find all my work Um on my dribble pro page, you can just go to hugnext.com and see all my stuff. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, for sure, man. It's such an honor to be on the show. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Go ahead and break some bread. You know how we do. All right. Bye. All right, brother. Be good. You can find out more about Mike on Twitter at Bucket826. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. Visit FeastingOnDesign.com to catch up on the archives of the Creative South podcast. Get some cool swag like t-shirts and stickers that are on sale right now for 50% off. With free shipping on orders over $25 when you use the code free shipping, all one word. Plus, you can keep up with the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Feast on Design. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram.